Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. Here we go. Are you ready? And by the way, this is the way I preach at my church too, so I'm a little ADD. Here we go. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with a, with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Verse 14. And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. Now I have come. Somebody say, I have come. Now I have come, and Joshua found his face to the earth and worship, and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Verse 15, And the command of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals. I heard a great message about that. Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua, come on, did, did so. Father, thank you for your word. I'm going to preach now, Lord, in the next 27 minutes. Lord, I ask for a miracle because I... Never done that before in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say it. Amen. 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 I, I want to talk to you on this thought of kind of like overcoming problems, addictions, challenges in your life. Does anybody have any challenges in your life? Can I see your hand? If you're not raising your hand, if, if you're sitting by somebody who's not raising their hand, just say, welcome Jesus to church because they have no issues. Uh, whether you're young and or older, all of us will have challenges, issues, things in our life. And I've realized that the world, we, the world would call it, we have an addiction or you would have some kind of something overcome, but the biblical term is a stronghold. It's an issue that is so, so prevalent in your life that the Bible would call it a stronghold, something that is fortified in your life, whether a thought pattern, a physical habit, some kind of addiction. But I do believe that through the power of God and the Word of God, come on, every stronghold can come down in your life. One thing I've realized about overcoming things in life is it is a process. Somebody say a process. It does not happen overnight. You don't become wealthy overnight. Come on now. You don't get in shape overnight. Come on, you don't, you don't change your eating patterns overnight. I gave up sugar two days ago until the Baby Ruth bar showed up last night. And I realized that the enemy cannot stop what God is going to do in your life, but he can discourage you so that you simply stop. So, so we, don't, we don't focus on, the enemy knows that I can't stop God. Of course you can't stop God, devil. I mean, God, the, listen, there is no competition between God and the devil, but the devil knows I can't stop God, but I could stop Benny Perez by discouraging him because everything in the kingdom is about process. Now, we don't like that word process. We like miracle, but even miracles in your life is a result of a process. Because if you interview people that got a miracle, it's like, I've been believing God, and I knew if I got to the movement conference, God was going to do something. It's a process. That guy that got saved, the janitor at Wiley, I'm telling you what, that's not the first time he probably heard the gospel. Somebody sowed, watch me, somebody planted, somebody watered, but God gave the increase. Everything about life is a process. I didn't get this ripped, shredded body overnight. I don't know why you're laughing. Amen. It took, it took work to get this body. I know some of you young guys, I see you looking at me like, 
dude, I mean, you're 50. Why are you wearing skinny jeans? And some of you older guys are like, why are you wearing skinny jeans, bro? Because you, you can't. Let's just be real. When you have legs like a woman, you want to show them off. Come on now. I know you ladies looking at me like, wow, look at those legs he's got. Put some heels on them and elongate those things, man. Oh, you should see me on the beach. I get, I mean, some guys get looked at for their chest and their arms. I get looked at for my legs, man. People come up to me, those are the best looking legs. Man, how did you get those? And they're all women that are saying that to me. Everything is a process, and he could discourage you. So let me just ask you a question. Has anybody ever started something that you stopped? Can I see your hand right now? Come on. An eating plan? Come on. An exercise plan? Come on. Has anybody stopped? So there was a guy, there was a guy in our church. His name is Kibo, and I should probably give you his Instagram because you need to believe when I say that this guy is shredded. This guy is 49 years old, and yet he looks like 25. I'm not joking at all. My wife could attest to this. The man is shredded, like ripped. Like you could see the very fibers in his back. I mean, and, and there's a muscle between your shoulder blades. I didn't even know it was there because the only thing I have is bone. Are you hearing me? But there's actually a muscle that's there that he has defined this muscle. And I'm like, dear God, I mean, you are really committed. If you're going to define the muscle between your shoulder blades, that's literally a thin layer over your backbone. And this guy, you can't even see his backbone. I don't even know how he got it there. So he says to me, he says to me a while ago, he says, Pastor, I need to get you in shape. That's my, my purpose is to get you in shape. So I got offended like I'm not in shape. I mean, should I pull up my, my, my shirt and show you my one pack? He said, I'm going to get you in shape. I said, okay, you can get me in shape. And I go, where are we going to work out? I'll meet you at the gym. He said, no, 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 we're not going to work out at a gym. We're going to work out at your house. No, 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 I want to meet you at a gym so when 6 o'clock in the morning rolls around, I could text you saying, I'm sorry I slept in. Come on, I'm already pre-planning. Come on, my failure. He says to me, no, I'm going to show up at your house at 6 o'clock. What are we going to work out with? I'm going to bring what you need. Great. So he shows up, and he does the TRX thing. You hook it up to your door, and I, and I said, okay. He said, we're just going to work on your body. We're just using your body weight. Got it. Hook it up in the door. We're going to start out with a light. Like this butterfly thing. So the door's behind me. He's got it hooked up. I got this thing like that. He says, now, put your feet together and lean forward. So I'm leaning forward. I said, what am I supposed to do? He says, pull your arms together and pull yourself back up. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> so, so I started doing this workout, right? And then he, then he says, okay, it's time for planks. What? What do you mean? What a, a plank? I don't, uh, that's what I put my salmon on and cook. Uh, you'll get it later. So he says, gets me down and I'm planking. I'm like, ah, that's easy. He shows me, that's easy. And when he gets down and he planks, I mean, literally, it's like, I mean, pop, 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 pop. I'm like, whoa, I'm going to do that. I start planking, and like after about 30 seconds, I said, how long do I have to do this for? A minute. <laughs> I rebuke you, devil. Get away from me. In Jesus' name. I'm talking to the guy. 
So, so we go through this whole workout. I'm almost throwing up at the end. He says, Pastor, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, yeah, get out of here, you know. And so, so Wendy wakes up at the crack of noon. She comes downstairs, and she sees me, like, passed out, you know. And she goes, are you okay? Do I have to call, you know, 911? I'm like, and so I'm like, no, you know, keep a work me out. And so the next day, you know, now the next day, the next morning, you know, he's not coming because it's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I, like, thank God I, I got a break, man. Thank God. And I tried to get out of bed. Now, have you ever noticed you have to use your, come on, your, your abs, right, to get out of bed? I always joke. I always say, I, hey, listen, dude, I exercise. I, get, I do a sit-up out of bed every morning. I do a reverse crunch going back to sleep. I was in so much pain, I could not even sit up. I had to roll myself out of the bed. Come on. Are you hearing with are you Are you with me, somebody? Feel my pain. I'm, now I'm on the floor. Now how am I supposed to get up? So now I'm laying down on my stomach, and now the planks kicked in. Like, I can't get up off the floor. I fall and I can't get up. I can't even press the button on my shirt. You know what I mean? I'm like, what, what am I doing here? I'm like, this is crazy. I do not want. See, because what happened was is that now I did on Wednesday, I did on Friday, and I'm looking in the mirror, nothing's really happening. By the time next week goes, I said, Akibo, I'm sorry. I got injured. I know I faked it. I know I lied, but God forgave me. Okay, are you hearing me? Because, because if, if after the first time doing planks, I got a rip dab, I'd be planking everywhere. No, if it was immediate results, like if I did the first plank and it's like, pa, 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 and I got like 16. I know you have an eight pack. I know I got 16 somewhere in there right now. I mean, I'd be planking everywhere. Long line at Walmart, bam, throwing the plank down right there. Bam, 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 bam. I mean, I'd go to Costco, long line to get that gas. I'd put it in a park. I'd jump on that guy doing his planking. Look at this. Bam, 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 bam. At a long red light somewhere, I'd just roll out, start planking right there. Bam, 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 bam. Because if it happened immediately, come on now, we would always do it. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. Now, I know this is not really encouraging to you, but it's going to help you understand that the enemy knows how the kingdom works better than you. And so what he says is he lies to you and me and says, oh, no, it's going to happen overnight. Oh, no. And God's like, I'm not going to give you that overnight. It's precept upon precept. It's learning to walk by faith and not by sight. It's a process to this thing called Christianity. Salvation takes place in a moment. Maturity is over a lifetime. I'm dropping bombs. You don't even know. So we, 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 if we understand this principle, we're not going to grow weary in well-doing for in due season we'll reap a harvest if we do not, if we don't give up. We have this guy that we're reading about. His name is Joshua. And Joshua now, as we read in Joshua chapter 5, you understand that Joshua and Caleb were the only two that actually made it through the wilderness. They were part of the ten spies that went in. And, and, and most of the spies says we can't take the land, but Joshua and Caleb said we are well able to because God has said that he is with us and he is for us and we can take this land. But what happens is the negativity of, of the other ones overwhelmed the faith of these two. And it's a, it's a terrible thing to understand that Caleb and Joshua wandered in the wilderness not because of their lack of faith, but because of somebody else's. 
That's why I'm very careful who I share my dreams with and who I talk to about my life because I don't need somebody to discourage the plan of God in my life that God put in my life. You've got to get around some people that are faith people. You've got to get around some people that believe God and believe in you. You've got to get around somebody that says, oh, I know it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but with God, all things are possible. You've got to get around a church 1132 that you're going to hear faith. You're going to hear love. You're going to hear some encouragement to know that with God, Peter, He'll pick you back up even after you fail. So they wandered for 40 years, and the Bible says that finally that they were getting ready to go in the promised land, but a guy named Mo, Mo couldn't take them in. Listen to me. Some people help you come out of what you're in, and then there's another group that take you into what you should go into. Very rarely have I had people all my life that have been with me all my life because God uses certain people in certain seasons of their life. Don't get discouraged because somebody walks out. Don't get discouraged because somebody left you. Don't get discouraged because they're not with you all the time. It was a season. I'm grateful for you. I bless you. I thank you. You can move on in, but move on on because I know that God is with me. God will never forsake me, and he's going to bring somebody else into my life. So 40 years, right? They're going through the wilderness. 40 years. And, man, if I was Joshua, I'm like, man, I'd be after those, those eight guys. I'm like, man, 40 years. I'm here because of you. And they begin to drop dead, drop dead, drop dead, drop dead, drop dead. And now it's only him and Caleb. And the Bible says that now Moses cannot take them in. He only could take them out. And the Bible says that now Moses it says to Joshua, Joshua, you're the one that's going to take the children of Israel in. And so now Joshua who's never done a miracle, who's never seen anything like Moses has seen, God says to him, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Joshua chapter 1. Only be strong and courageous and observe all that I've written, and then you'll, you'll have great success. And God repeats it to him in verse 5 and verse 9. And then what you read between chapter 1 and chapter 5 is that they, they, there's a process of crossing over, and they cross over, and then they circumcise all the men that were born in the desert. And, and now Joshua is here in chapter 5. And in chapter 5, Joshua, the Bible says, he's by the city called Jericho. Now Jericho was an impenetrable city. Jericho was like, 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 you couldn't take Jericho. There's no armies that could take Jericho. It had two walls around it. And, and they had separation of about 15 to 20 feet. So if you got over one wall, between that first wall and the second wall, the archers would kill you in that, in that no man's zone right there, no man's land right in there. In fact, Jericho, if you studied out, was not a very big city. You could actually walk around Jericho in about an hour. Though it wasn't large, it was fortified. You know, most of the challenges in our life aren't really big ones but they're really fortified. See, it's not really the big issue. It's, it's small issues that seem like I can't get over this. Oh, I'm preaching good. And so what happens is Joshua is by Jericho, and he sees Jericho, and I believe that as a warrior, he's wondering, how am I going to do this? I don't have any archers to shoot up. I, I don't have any ladders. I I can't even go to Costco and get that one ladder that Papa and does all that kind of, you know, I'm talking about the, what is it, the, the mighty whatever it's called. I almost bought it the other day. See, your, your thing is Amazon Prime. My thing is I go to Costco for one thing and I come out with $1,000 worth of other stuff. And, and so, so he's there, watch, and he's overwhelmed 
And then I believe that something significant happens in his life. And I begin to study. I'm intrigued with Joshua right now. A lot of messages are going back to Joshua. And, and I believe that in the middle of him facing, watch this, his biggest stronghold. Come on, his biggest challenge. The first city of ten cities. The hardest one to take is the first one. And what happens is that God begins to do something in his life. If you and me are going to overcome those challenges and those issues in our life, if we're going to begin to see all that God has in our life, the first thing that God does is, number one, write this down, God distracts you. He distracts you. Joshua now gets distracted. He's by Jericho, looking at Jericho, analyzing everything, how big the walls are, the impossibility of the situation. And the strongholds want you to be so focused on them that now they become so big that your perspective gets blocked. Your stronghold wants you to see how big it is, how impossible it is to take it down. It wants you to be stronghold-focused, problem-focused, sight-focused, instead of God-focused and Jesus-focused. But Joshua now encounters what he thinks is a man. And this man has his sword drawn in his hand. And this man is ready for action. And Joshua asks a question that you would ask, are you for us? Are you against us? And this man says, neither. I am now the commander of the armies of God. And what happens at this moment is this angel distracts Joshua from looking at Jericho. And he says, no, heaven is coming to represent you in this fight. Joshua is being distracted from what he thinks is the biggest issue of his life, but the issue has become so big, it has blocked out what is really bigger. And the angel says, I am the commander of the armies of the Lord. And at that, Joshua bowed down and began to worship. And now the angel began to accept his worship. My friends, I want to tell you, this is not just some ordinary angel, but it's literally Jesus himself in the Old Testament. And Jesus comes and says, I am here. If I am here, I'm going to distract you from what you think is impossible and put your eyes back on me. Oh, because the biggest issue in your life is that you must realize that what you're facing is bigger than you. It is bigger than me. It has more power than me, more power than you. But God comes and distracts you. That's why Sunday morning is so important for you because I call this God distraction time. What you've been facing all week long and now you come to church and now for about an hour and 10 minutes, but I am a special guest speaker for an hour and 20 minutes. What happens is now you get distracted by God. Because if you're honest, life will distract you all week long. That's why you need to get involved in a connect group or whatever they call it here. That's why, that's why church is so important. Not because, oh, I'm in the South. I'm in the South. I'm in the Bible about God. You know, my, my grandmama came here, and my mama came here, and my granddaddy came here, and my dad came here, and, you know, I'm sixth generation of this or that. No, no, no. It's not about becoming religious. It's about becoming distracted in the right way. God distracts him. 
God distracts him. I cannot tell you how many times I am grateful that God has distracted me. I cannot tell you. See, I always thought the devil, is, the devil distracts you. The devil, watch out. Be careful. He's going to distract you. Then I realized the greatest distractions in my life have not been motivated by the devil. It's been motivated by God himself. This is not an angel, but it's actually Jesus. And Jesus says this, I have now come. Your stronghold is stronger than your willpower, your ability, your wisdom. But Jesus has now come. And is saying, I am for you. And what happens is Joshua, in response to what Jesus is declaring, he bows down and he worships him. As he worships, Joshua is distracted from the stronghold and puts his eyes on Jesus. I've lived a long time, fought a lot of battles. Fought battles in my city, outside of my city. Fought battles for my family and with my family. And the greatest epic battles that I faced when I felt like I was not going to make it, it was only because Jesus came and distracted me through worship. It's only because Jesus distracted me, come on, through his word. See, have you ever been through, can I, I and I may not preach the whole thing, but I, I just think I've just got to work this point. If, you, if you've never, ever faced the situation that you're literally weeping as you're reading the Bible, saying, I, I don't even know how I'm going to make this. I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. I don't even know, God, I feel like quitting. I feel like throwing in the towel. Then you've never really faced real life. I've been there, but I didn't know how to pray, and I, and I, and I know how to pray. I've seen one of some of the greatest miracles. At a YFN, we saw a deaf girl get healed. Oh, no, a blind girl get healed. I see great miracles wherever we go, and the power of God hit the place. But the reality is, is that we will face some situations in our lives. And God comes and distracts him. And the biggest distraction that we need in our lives is we need to get back to Jesus. I fearful a little bit because sometimes we make it so much about us. I'm going to try harder, do more. I'm just going to, just, just, I'm going to get through it. And sometimes, man, I'm telling you right now, that, that may work for a little while, but somewhere along the line, you got to come to the end of yourself to become to the beginning of Him. We, we got to say, I got to decrease. Come on, so you can increase in my life, Lord. Because I can't do this on my own. I don't care if I'm in Dallas or Allen or Las Vegas. I need Jesus. Jesus shows up. Number one, distracts him. Number two, write this down. Not only will God distract you, but God will direct you. God distracts Joshua in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 5, and he tells him how to take the city, that he's going to march around the city, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do it one time for six days. The last day, he's going to march around seven times, and then at the last time, he's going to begin to shout because God has given him the city. I love it because he says to Joshua, Joshua, I have given you the city. God speaks in past tense about a battle Joshua has not yet fought. God directs us from his perspective. Come on, not ours. What happens when God speaks does not line up with what you see. Joshua, I've already given you the victory over this stronghold. What you see is not greater than what you believe. 
What you see is not greater than what God says. For we walk by faith, come on, and not by. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. I keep hearing, faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. That's not what the Bible says. That word God is actually not God. It's actually Christ who is God. I get it. But it means that when you hear about the finished work of Jesus on the cross, when you hear what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross, your faith begins to rise because of what he has done. So, so God begins to direct him and says, I want you to march around the city and you will do this with the Ark of the Covenant at the very front. Now watch, because i got to land this plane. They're going to come and start playing the keyboards and I won't rebuke you this time. Watch. Don't tell me, be like you're at your church. You don't want me like at my church because it will scare you. You're not ready. You have a nice guy at 36. So what do they say? They say what? They said, we're going to have the Ark of the Covenant on the shoulders of the priests. You have soldiers in front, soldiers in back. The presence of God is so valuable. Guard it. And then have the people march. Watch. And the people now would be looking at the Ark of the Covenant instead of analyzing their problem. So what, 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 what we see here is God is saying, I want you to focus on my presence as you circle your problem. Yeah, I'll say that again. I want you to focus on my presence as you're circling your problem. What we do is we analyze and focus, come on, our problem. And we know more about our problem than God's presence. So, so watch, this is what God is doing. I want you to understand that as you focus on me, I'm going to take care of that. I, I want you to, I'm going to direct you in a way that is different. I don't want you to become so problem focused, but presence focused. And now what happens is you're going to march around the city for six days, and the directions don't seem logical if you're taking a city. You want to conquer a stronghold. You want to take a city. Then God says, do it my way, which doesn't make sense to you, but it makes sense to me. Most of the time, our way gets us into a situation because we think we're supposed to do it this way when God says that way. That's why you have to listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Joshua, if you actually read the whole text, Joshua doesn't tell everything to the people. He doesn't tell everything to the people. He tells them, march around, march around, march around. And he never tells them, and then the walls will fall flat. He never tells them that. God told him that. I think Joshua is hedging his bet a little bit. I'm going to just tell him just enough. Just enough. So what's interesting is that God, number three, write this down, God develops you. This is the one that most people don't shout at. Y'all get quiet on me. It's okay. I got one, come on, Pastor. That's typically what happens. Because we don't like development. 
Joshua chapter 6, verses 14 through 17, verse 20. There is no visible, visible progress that is happening. Now watch, if I was God, this is what I would do. If, if the first time they walk around the city, I would, if I was God, I would take down the, the, the top layer of bricks all around. Like, woo! It's working. Second day, coming around, woo, there's another layer of bricks coming down. It's working. Yeah. This way, I, I mean, fourth day, fifth day, I mean, I would start putting cracks in the wall. By the seventh day, it's like, yeah, of course the walls are coming down. Look at the progress. But will you keep walking when there is no apparent progress to what's going on in your life? God, in other words, was developing something in them. Because can I say it this way? We get so outcome-based that if the outcome doesn't come quick enough, we end up quitting on what God has spoken to us. Our responsibility is never outcome. Our responsibility is obedience. I don't know how a wall is going to come down. That's his situation. All I know is I got to do what God's told me to do, and that's obedience. But, but, but if we're not careful, it's like, you're, no, I'm not responsible to heal the sick. I'm responsible to pray for the sick. His outcome come on, is sure. See, now my responsibility isn't so outcome-based. Listen, because that's why I quit planking. Because the outcome didn't come fast enough. But if I would have kept on just being obedient, I'd rip my shirt off right now. And I'd plank, and you would have 16. You could wash, come on, your clothes on this ass. But if we're honest, how many of us have given up because we've been so outcome-based? Let's just take tithing. Ooh, that's what I thought would happen. Nobody said anything. I like to start talking about money, right? Because some preachers have lied to you. If you start tithing, the windows are going to open up. And man, it's going to be a blessing that you cannot contain. And it doesn't happen the first time you tithe. By the way, tithing is not about money. Tithing is a test of who you trust. So I have people coming to me, I've been tithing, Pastor, for two weeks. Nothing has happened. And the devil comes and says, see, see, see. I've forgiven that person and they still haven't come and asked me for forgiveness. Ooh, a lot of bitter people in here because I didn't get no response. So, so what is God's developing us? A trust. A trust. My outro is going to be very fast. Trust. God develops you. He's developing something in you and me, and it's called trust, not trying. Imagine, though, if they would have stopped on day six. Imagine if they would have just said, you know what? It's not worth it. And they would have stopped on day six. See, this is the whole premise of this is that we're always asking God for another word when we didn't complete the first one he gave us.
Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.